0: Hello Texans and welcome to the podcast it's Texans at Titans this week and it's going to be interesting coming off the bye hopefully some rest and rejuvenation has helped the Houston Texans as they try to get their first victory since opening day I can't believe I just said it but it's true it's a November 21st game and they haven't won since opening day you know I watched what the Jaguars went through last year when they won on opening day beating the Colts in Jacksonville and then they lost 15 straight to end the season And here we are with an eight-game losing streak in progress. It's got to end. After this one, you have three in a row at home. Jets on November 28th. That's next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Tickets at HoustonTexans.com. But the matter at hand is a date at Tennessee. And there have been some weird ones here with the Titans. You know, it's funny because the Titans are going for their sixth consecutive winning season. And it feels like just yesterday that they had guys like Zach Mettenberger playing quarterback. And the Texans would destroy him and them when they were operating in that mini era, if you will. But those days are gone. And the Titans look really good. Now, they won the division last year for the first time since 2008. Despite having all those winning seasons leading up to it, they had four consecutive winning seasons, no division title leading up to last year. They did go to the playoffs in, let's see, 2017. They won a playoff game at Kansas City with Alex Smith at quarterback. That was Mike Malarkey as head coach, and they showed him the door after that year. Then Mike Vrabel comes in. They missed the playoffs his first year, but have a 9-7 and season. And then year two, you know what happened. They beat the number one seed Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore then they set up themselves for an AFC championship game appearance. That was after knocking off the Patriots on the road, by the way. Everyone's making a big deal about the Titans going to New England next week, and New England is piping hot right now after the Thursday night win at Atlanta. They are 7-4, and four, but the Titans beat them in a playoff game with Brady in the 2019 season. So it's not like Vrabel hasn't done it before against his old employer. Anyway, as far as the Texans go, we'll see what Tyrod Taylor can do in start two from his long absence with the hamstring injury. You know what happened against Miami. Three picks, very uncharacteristic for him. He had only thrown three picks in a game once. That was start two of his career in Buffalo. And the most he's ever thrown in a full season as a starter is six. So that was just way out of character for him to do that against the Dolphins. Let's hope it's a lot better this week. And they can somehow, someway, I say it every week, can you please run the football? They are trying to do it. They want to do it. Let's see if they can do it against Tennessee. But this Titan defense has been really good. They've been very effective. They've really turned it up several notches, even from last year and the year before. Jeffrey Simmons is a terror. He will play in this game. Bud Dupree is out, and we'll see how it all goes against the Titans. Now, as usual, when the Texans are on the road, I write a travel article for those Texans who are traveling to the game or want to in the future. This is one of the trips you have to make. I've raved about Indy as a great place to go watch a game. This is maybe even better. I mean, the weather might be a little shaky on Sunday with rain or whatever, but this is a great city to go to. And many of you have been there, so you don't need me to tell you. I've been there, what, 19 times now with the Houston Texans. I've been there a couple of other times, all on business, all on broadcast business. But the night before the game, I like to go downtown, eat, eat, and check out the music places on Broadway. It's kind of like 6th Street on steroids. You have the window so you can see the band playing, pop in, get a sense of a band, go to the next bar, get another band, and see them and get the sense of them. And and what I notice as a guitarist is the Fender Telecaster is the most popular guitar on Broadway. This is my unofficial data on that. The Stratocaster is actually the best-selling guitar ever, electric guitar of all time. But the Telecaster seems to be the most popular guitar in country music in Nashville. It's also very popular in rock and roll. It's a good, versatile guitar for those people who are axe inclined. Anyway, let's get to our conversation with the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. And Mike has been at it for a long time. Since they moved to Tennessee, they meaning the Oilers, Mike was working with the Volunteer Radio Network, really good guy, and he's really enjoying himself right now, of course, with the Titans occupying the top seed currently in the AFC.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting year, a, a successful year, but a strange year for the Titans to this point, and I, I'm glad to be with you, Mark.
0: Let's start here in an unusual place, sort of. John Robinson, general manager of this team, comes in in 2016. I think there are only two players on the roster who were there before he got there. So he's overhauled the whole thing. Take me through a little bit of the process, his thinking, and how it's working out. Obviously, it's working out very well with all winning seasons, and you are where you are right now.
1: It started off with he and Mike Malarkey coming in together. And the situation went through two years and they went nine and seven together and sort of felt like they they had some some synergy. But then it was time to go in a different direction with the offense. They wanted to make some moves and and do something different offensively. Malarkey didn't want to do that. And so Amy Adams Strunk uh, released him from his contract with a year to go. At that point, they went out and hired Mike Vrabel. They started with Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur did a nice job for a year as offensive coordinator, and then he departed to become the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And they promoted Arthur Smith and had two very successful years once they figured out the quarterback position with Ryan Tannehill and with the amazing development of Derrick Henry after three years of just being, well, okay. You know, he became something completely different uh, towards the end of year three. And so, as they've kind of stacked people on both lines, they've, they've you know looked for value. They've looked for guys to develop. They've worked very hard through the undrafteds. Um, they've made a few bold moves, but it's not been an, an organization characterized by the wild moves or the outlandish. And I think slow and steady has been the way they have gone. The biggest thing that's happened, though, is they found the answer at quarterback. And that was something that, you know, they did not have co- kind of consistent basis since Steve McNair. Kerry Collins did a pretty good job at one point. Matt Hasselbeck did a good job for a year, but they just never had their guy. And once they found Tannehill and what was a trade that most people thought was kind of, eh, you know, right before the 2019 draft, um, they figured it out.
0: They absolutely have. He's done very well. You have no Derrick Henry right now. How are they winning without him? They still seem committed to the run. It's not as successful, yet a couple of wins here. How's it going, Mike?
1: It's hard to tell for two reasons, Mark. Number one, they've played two very good run defenses. Uh, The Rams play the run very well, and the, the Saints are the number one run defense in the NFL. The two running backs, for the most part, Talking about Deontay Foreman and and also Adrian Peterson have been here for two weeks, so neither one of them were anywhere. Uh, Foreman was with the Falcons in camp; he had not been anywhere since. Peterson had been out of football for ten months, just waiting for an opportunity. So it's sort of taken them some time. The other issue continues to be the injuries in the offensive line. This offensive line, the starting five at the at the beginning of the year has not gone through one game in its entirety altogether. So 10 games this year, they've had at least one guy have to miss some snaps if not a game. And the rotating nature of that has kind of made it difficult to get in any sort of rhythm overall. Derrick Henry could mask some of those problems. You know, he he's like a guy who can make those offensive linemen look good and they're happy to tell you that their guy helps them out. When you got new guys in and everybody's trying to figure it out, some things show up even more. So I think the grade to this point is incomplete, but it's something that they have to get figured out if they're going to make noise going down the stretch. Because listen, Mark, they're built to run. They are not built to throw 50 times a game. That's not who they want to be. They must run the football better than 66 and 69 yards per game.
0: Tell me about Marcus Johnson. I know he's been around the league a little bit. He's a Longhorn. But here he is first year with the Tennessee Titans, and he erupts last week for the offense.
1: What about him? (laughs) It's a great story. So the Colts cut him January 2nd, and the Titans added him to the practice squad right before their playoff game with Baltimore, so after the regular season ends. He was so good in practice, they nearly activated him for the playoff game. And they, they didn't. They end up re-signing him in the offseason. He does great in all the offseason workouts. He's one of the big stars of training camp. And people are thinking, this guy may be the number three with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Well, then he gets hurt. He gets hurt right at the end of training camp. Goes on IR. Um, comes back. First game is Jacksonville in October. He plays well. And then he really doesn't do anything. And now that he shows up this past Sunday, five catches for 100 yards. And their hope is that he's got health, that he has some confidence, and that he can get into some sort of rhythm. Because, I mean, this guy's 6'2", he's 210, he has 4'4 speed, he can catch the ball, he's very good run after the catch. His issue, really two, health and just overall consistency. You know, he's got 300-yard games in his career. You know, there are a lot of receivers that we know well who don't have 300-yard games in in their careers and and yet it's been it's sort of eluded him in terms of finding that staying power, that spot where he can be a difference maker. The Titans are hoping that over the final 7 games he can give them some consistent performance.
0: Mike, on the defensive side of the ball, Jeffrey Simmons, John Harris, our draft expert, sideline reporter, etc. When the Titans drafted him first round in 2019, he slammed the table because he knew this was going to be a problem in the division. He's a problem for a lot of teams. What about him? He knocked down the two point conversion pass against the Texans in Nashville last year. He just makes play after play.
1: He's so big. I mean, he is just such a big individual and you know, it's. There are, there are a lot of guys in the league who are 6'4", and there are a lot of guys in the league who are over 300 pounds. And yet some guys are just bigger. You, know, they, you just see him, and you're like, whoa. And that's him. Long arms, long legs, giant hands, incredibly athletic, um, really put together in a way, maybe not quite like J.J. Watt was, but going towards that. I mean, not a lot of fat on this guy. Can really, really run. Has a big-time motor. Wants to be great. That's one of the most exciting things about him from the Titans' perspective. And he's been playing with a bum ankle for the last few weeks and still has been giving them all but 10 snaps a game on the defensive line. Um, He's coming into his own now, and he is starting to see what a beast he can be. You certainly remember Albert Hainsworth. Oh, yeah. This is... This is a guy who has that sort of ability, just natural ability and bigness like Albert Hainsworth, but he's got a lot more of a motor, a lot more desire, and is probably more athletic overall. Uh, I think, unlike John, I think he's a top three to four pick if he doesn't have the ACL injury in February before the draft. I don't think there's any way that he gets by the Raiders or the Jets at that point in that draft. I, I I think he's that kind of talent. The Titans got very, very lucky with him at number 19 in 2019.
0: Voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, joining us on Texans Radio. OK, the streak. How big a deal are people making of the streak in Nashville, Mike, as you beat five consecutive teams that were in the playoffs the year before? This is an NFL record. Now, in order to have that record, you have to have the opportunity to do it because not everybody gets that. But I think it's a pretty big deal. What do you think?
1: You know, I've I've heard that quite a bit on the national shows. I don't think it's being played up very much locally because I think everybody here is kind of just amazed that this has kept going the way it is with all the injuries. You know, the Titans have played 82 guys this year. Mm -hmm. And the record, I believe, is 84. And there's seven games left. Um, When when the season started and the injury bug hit this ball club and they were two and two, it sounded like an excuse. Well, now that they're eight and two, I think there are a lot of people just kind of amazed that they have gotten to this point. So in terms of the whole, well, you got the best record in the conference or they've got the streak. I, I don't think it's about that here so much. I think it's about being impressed that they have found a way to do it and seeing if they can continue to do it. And, and the chance to, to potentially improve, you know, this, this team has a buy that doesn't happen until week 13. And they, this team desperately needs a buy. I don't know what Mike Vrabel can do in practice with these guys overall, Mark, because they are so beaten up at so many key spots. That being the case, You're, you know, you got two more games before the bye. Can they keep it up? And I think that's been more of the question that people have had here is, are they able to keep going with what they've been up against? Because now that you've won six in a row, the injuries don't sound like an excuse anymore. They become more of a fact. People are like, well, you know, we have a lot of injuries. If you say that when you're not winning, you're whining, right? Well, When you when you are winning and you talk about entries, people say, well, that's impressive. That's kind of been the talk here.
0: Mike Keith, voice of the Titans joining us. All right. The division, the Colts. What do you think here as it's been a little shaky at times, but here they are with five wins and a chance to make a move.
1: Good team. You know, really good team. They've they've had some bad luck. Uh, They certainly should be six and four. They should have beaten Baltimore. Uh, had a great chance to to beat the Titans on Halloween uh, in in the game that ended in overtime. It's a good ball club that you could see making a big run the rest of the way. I think the issue for the Colts is schedule. You know they they've still got a lot of tough teams to play on their schedule. That's why the Titans already having the Colts out of the way. Very unusual scheduling. Titans and the Colts done by Halloween mm-hmm. and the fact, and the fact that the Titans were able to get both of those games. So the lead in the division is more or less four games because of the sweep of the season series. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's going to be tough to win the division for them. There's no doubt and, and anything can happen, but I think they're a playoff team. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to win enough games to get into the playoffs.
0: More impressive win, in your opinion, for the Titans at the Rams or home against the Chiefs? That was 27-3 against Kansas City at the time.
1: I think probably the Rams game based on what had just happened with Derrick Henry and the the week the team came off of. So you go to Indy, you get the very emotional win. Everybody's ex- because you've got a, an advantage there and you're saying, okay, we're 6-2 and you wake up Monday morning and the news hits that Derrick Henry has a broken foot that needs surgery. And so then you're dialing up Adrian Peterson. You're dialing up Deontay Foreman. And you can do the whole thing about, well, one player doesn't make a team. Well, that's true, and the Titans are a pretty good club without Derrick Henry. But let's face it, Mark, the offense changes. There are very few teams in this league that have one guy that you say, okay, this week on offense, we're definitely gonna hand it to twenty-two at least twenty-five times. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to happen. Well, now you've got to figure out the offensive line thing, the running back thing, the tight end thing. You know, the Titans having to put extra offensive linemen in the game at tight end now to shore up blocking. Everything changed. So when they got to Los Angeles, you know, it was the The big showcase of SoFi Stadium on national TV and the Titans, uh, Dave McGinnis, my color analyst, said the Titans were kind of being treated like the homecoming opponent. And they sort of were. You know, the the whole thing was about the Rams and everything they were doing. And, you know, the Titans kind of stole the show. So I I think that one is probably the bigger one. and, And I think it got people's attention that this club is more than Derrick Henry. Now, they've got to get a lot of things figured out, but I think that was something that really caught everyone's attention.
0: What happened against the Jets?
1: The <laughs> Titans played poorly. I mean, just really poorly. Uh, missed a lot of opportunities to, to score points. Couldn't get any big plays. Gave up a bunch of big plays. And, you know, that's been the scary thing for this defense is they've given up a lot of chunk plays, which is not good. And they've given up pass interference penalties, which have essentially been more chunk plays. Uh, That's the part of the Titans defense that has has made them nervous. Now it's better now that Amani Hooker is back at safety with Kevin Byard because Hooker can really run. But, you know, that's the part of this defense that still kind of makes you nervous. Their ability to allow big plays. When they make you drive first down to first down to first down, They're hard to score on because eventually somebody's going to make a play. And that's what's exciting about them. But the chunk plays, that's where they've had problems. And what did the Saints come up with yesterday? Or I should say last Sunday, the Saints came up with six chunk plays. Mm.
0: Mike Keith, voice of the Titans joining us. Mike, when we caught up at the combine a couple of years ago, you were coming off a movie production an acting performance. I think you were playing a coach. Am I right about that? Anything
1: else developing with that part of your career? No, I, I think I don't. I I don't think I'm going to be reprising that role at any point. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to keep my head above water right now and be a broadcaster. That was actually a movie produced by one of the gentlemen who works on our TV shows. Okay, and so. I guess if he has another production of anything, he'll probably throw me in it because I work cheap and I do show up. But uh yeah, no big awards coming from that, Mark. Uh no other calls, no agents, nothing of the sort.
0: No spinoff to the mini series, no. nothing like that. No. Too bad. No, right. don't
1: need another coach throwing a chair. I guess <laughs> if they do, they know they know my number, right?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you on Sunday, Mike. We really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot.
1: Look forward to it, Mark.
0: Well, there's our buddy Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans. That's going to do it for the podcast. Check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one or wherever fine podcasts are available. The game is Sunday at noon on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM Check it out. And don't forget, next home game, Jets, November 28th, HoustonTexans.com has your tickets. Three-game homestand coming up, Colts and Seahawks also on that homestand. Let's hope the Texans can get some wins here, and let's hope you have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening, and go Texans.